Good morning, good morning, good morning. And certainly, good morning, uh, certainly, good morning uh, from Calvin. Uh, and uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. We're certainly rejoicing and be glad, and we are glad in it uh, because we have so much to celebrate, the goodness of God. But uh, <laughs> we just have so much uh, to be thankful for. God is truly good. He's great, and he's greatly to be praised. Uh, we're going to continue in our lesson today, and uh, I know that uh, you guys are looking uh, forward with great anticipation to, and uh, they're uh, they're getting an advanced start on uh, celebration. Uh, want to keep those in mind that are still uh, traveling out there. Uh, it's, it's tough out there. You, you don't even have to be traveling a long distance. You can just be going from here to uh, 1604. And, and it's, it's danger seen and unseen. So we want to constantly lift all of you that are traveling uh, up in grace, uh, 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 lifted up in prayer, rather. Um, the lesson this morning comes to us out of uh, Psalms. And I know some of you uh, probably been struggling all week saying, now, wait a minute, I, I thought we were in a unit uh, talking about uh, calls and service. And uh, yes, we are. Uh, this, this is really, see, we, the first two weeks, we focused on uh, the call, you know, how that happened. And we had two good examples of uh, uh, the, the small, still voice that, that called Samuel and the, the animated, personified vision that Isaiah saw last week. And then uh, that uh, we saw some distinctions, which we will uh, bring out, because this now is certainly talking about a call and to a service, but it deals more, the lesson today deals more with what can happen during the call? Because the call is a journey. Now, we're going to have um, uh, Brother, let's see, Brother, brother uh, uh, Terry, Terry Moten, you're on. Uh, I'd like for you to read for us today. Let's, let's get started. Uh, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Our lesson today is taken from Psalms 73. We're going to be looking specifically at uh, verses 1 through 3, 12 through 13, 16 through 18, and 21 through 26. Uh, in this, most of the times uh, when we see uh, these psalms, we, we attribute them all to David. Such might not be the case, especially as it pertains to uh, this particular psalm today. As a matter of fact, uh, Psalm 73 through 83 and Psalms 50, uh, most uh, believe that they can be attributed to the penmanship of a guy named Asaph. 
And the authors have entitled our lesson today, Aesop's Lament, in order to give us some insight into what can happen when you've been called into ministry and uh, uh, life happens. See, see, many think that, 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 that they heard Samuel, this uh, quiet, still voice, calling Samuel and Samuel's reply, Sister Pillar, that here am I. And then last week we heard uh, Isaiah, a very uh, animated uh, uh, vision of how God called him and his response was, here am I, but send me. Uh, 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 Isaiah, it, it looks because of his background and Samuel's background that, you know, this call uh, is, an, is an easy one that you can just float through this life. But when you've been called to do ministry, and we all have, so Thompson, I'm telling you, life happens. Life is not put on hold just because you've been called into ministry, just because you're now. Uh, uh, the family church school uh, uh, director or uh, the Sunday school teacher or uh, the preacher in the pulpit or the congregational minister or you're the uh, head of greeters. Life goes on. And in this journey of ministry, life happens, has happened, and will happen and everything that comes with it. What we see in this guy, Aesop, just, just a little bit about, uh, about him. Uh, uh, it, it, it's not a group. Do we, uh, I mean, we have plenty of scripture to attribute this to a, a single person, although Aesop could be attributed to a title also. But this person called Aesop uh, uh, wrote quite extensively when you look at the work that is attributed to him, as some have, uh, he would have more word contained in the Bible than Peter, than Titus or Timothy, than James. He was a prolific writer. The other thing interesting about this, I was glad to see that Sister Mills uh, uh, signed on this morning. Hope she's hearing me because many think that this call has always got to be about who's in ministry, who's declaring the word or prophetic, as did with uh, Samuel. Uh, his was administrative and prophetic. Uh, we have Isaiah, who's considered the major amongst major prophets. But here, this guy was the minister of music. And so there, uh, Brother Davis, you can see why there might be some uh, 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 confusion about who's writing what, because him and David were in the same line of work. But, 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 but when you carefully examine this particular passage of scripture, Reverend Calvin, there's no way that you can attribute this to, to David alone. David's words may be contained because if you look and compare the scriptures, you will see that there are many 
of the similar styles of thinking. But if you've been in the choir, uh, you know, most most uh, of the people that get up, they try to sing like Jay. You know, uh, they try to sing like Q because that's who they've been hanging around. So so here, this, this Aesop, uh, this prolific writer who's been called into ministry. And when you look at the Psalms, that, that, that if, if, if he, in fact, is responsible for 73 through 83, we will know that much of those Psalms are messianic. That means there are prophetic utterances. That means he is truly gospel. And, and as a matter of fact, even the lesson today, it encourages us that there's work. We must be faithful servants, no matter what the circumstances of this Asaph out of the Levitical order, uh, this Asaph who hung around writing music and, and writing uh, 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 poems and poetry, just as David did, has had a, a myriad of life experiences. And today in uh, Psalm 73, in verse one and two, we, we see something. We, we see uh, all the things that happen once God has put a call on your life. Let's do verse one first, uh, Terry, if you would, just verse one. Okay, uh, Sister Thompson, would you uh, pick up a verse one for me? Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of clean heart. Truly, God is good. Asaph's lament. He is about to start crying out, almost complaining about what has happened to him over his life of ministry after his call. And he shows us what can happen to us when we get on this journey of ministry. Asaph says, before I start my complaint, Sister Pillow, before I start my complaint, Sister Thompson, I want to let you know one thing. God is good. Yes, he is. The things I've had, you know the word, see, because once you've been educated about God, you now have to experience God. Mm. And the ministry, the call to service will cause you to do that. It will give you a great education that you should never forget. It'll give you some experiences that you'll want to forget. Somebody better help me this morning. Because the longer you're out there, many have attributed this particular song to, it's the lament for old people. You know, we, we see this, uh, 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 Sister Terry, in, in a lot of our uh, seniors ministry, they love this, this song here because it talks to you about when you've gotten older. But, but what Asaph is about to tell you is that these experiences happen, Brother Davis, whether you're young or old. 
he, he, he says, you got to remember that when you've been called into service, things will happen to you. But whenever you start your complaint, before you start any complaints, if you have any, remember, God is good. Oh, I like this. I like this. You, you can always attest to the fact that God has been good to this country, your church, your community, your children, and God's been good to you because God is a good God. But verses two and three, Sister Gwen. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. But can I be real with you? I, I, I was out on this journey, and, and I know God is good. But when I looked around and for that very moment, I saw how the wicked, how people who don't care nothing mm. about you, Lord, the very people that, 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 that you've been good to, too. I, I've had a clean heart. I've been righteous. But I've seen these wicked folk, these foolish folk prosper. And, and my foot, oh, I, I slipped. I, I got on a slippery slide. That happens to each and every one of us that are in ministry. The longer, it may not have happened to you yet. And that's why they, that the senior saints embrace it. But they say, keep on living. You, you will, there will be times when you know God is good, Sister Gwen, but your foot will slip. Your, your, your faith is tested. You haven't lost your faith, but you're wondering, Lord, how is it that, 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 that these folk, the foolish, prosper? It's because you know God, but you've lost your focus. And if you lost your focus, you've lost your perspective. And if your perspective is wrong, you'll see God for something that he's not. See, mm -hmm. at this point in Asaph's life, in Asaph's ministry, he sees that he's been dedicated to the temple. He's responsible. He was the guy, the minister of music, who was responsible for uh all the worship before uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. He was the minister of music. You know, you didn't get everybody. You didn't have to say everybody get a chance to do that. He was the guy. He was the only guy that did. And so out of the Levitical priesthood, this was his responsibility. Music was his sin. And he had done it well. But evidently, you know, when you go through this, you see he's saying, look, I, I've been doing this and I see other folk who don't care nothing about uh, worship, who don't care nothing about uh, you, Lord, and you're good to them and they are prospering. You better check your perspective. Because see, what you see depends on what you're, where you're standing. 
And a lot of times we get marked down in the mud. We get bogged down rather in the mud, uh, uh, Brother Steve, because, you know, we, 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 we think we're doing so much and we're doing so much for the Lord and all these other folks, they seem to be prospering. And this is, this is another clue for you, uh, uh, scholars, that, that it wasn't David. David was a king. David was rich. And at the time, by the time that this was written, David would have, he had big duckies. So prosperity wouldn't have been at the forefront of his mind. But here, Asaph, who's just been laboring, just, just, just uh, the chief's uh, minister of music, and you know those minister of music, they don't ever think they've been paid enough, you know. You know, everybody else is prospering. They're getting big bucks, you know. You know, I play better than him. I sing better than him or her. And uh, But they're getting paid big bucks. But me, I love you. I'm worshiping. I'm a worshiper. And they seem to be prospering. But if you're standing on the wrong side of perspective, you'll see things that are not there. And you'll not see things that are there. To a blind man who's walked into the side of an elephant, he thinks he's hit a wall. Another one who only grabs his tail thinks he's grabbed a snake. <laughs> okay, all rope. So it's about your perspective and perspective will change the more misery you go through. When you start comparing and competing, how well the Lord is blessing uh, Mr. and Mrs. X compared to you, and I do more than them. That's the wrong perspective. Because verse one says, Sister Gwen, that God is good. Now, I heard you read that. If God is good, he's, God, he's good no matter what your financial, what your health perspective is. And the thing about it is that we preach so much and teach so much about uh, 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 health and wealth that, that, that it's attributable to your faith. That has nothing to do with it, folks. On this journey of ministry, there are going to be folks that do well and folks that don't do well. But it has nothing to do with whether or not God is good or not. At least the prophet got it right, Sosalis, from the very beginning, that God is good. He said, but I really, you see, he's been honest. He's being transparent. And see, you holy rollers out there, y'all just thinking, oh, no, the Lord is good. And, you know, I don't have no complaints. I'm, I'm happy. I, I, I don't care who he's blessing over there, you know. I don't care if he's blessing Ogletree over there on that street or Stalin's on that street, you know. Hey, he's blessing Calvin, but he ain't blessing. No. Nah. told you comparison can be an enemy of competence it'll bog you, bog you down but in day we'll see it'll change your perspective and the older you get the longer you've been in ministry the more apt that is to happen because you will see other folk coming along just living riotous life and being what you call blessed god blesses everybody the righteous and the unrighteous. So it has nothing to do with ministry, your call. It just 
It, it is a furthering of your education and experience with God when you're called in the ministry. That's all Asaph is trying to show us today. And he does a good job of it. In verse 12, what does he say? Sister Gwen. Verse 12, behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. The more I look, the more I see. The more I look, the more I see. Well, that's because you're looking in that direction. The more he looked at the people that were prospering, the more focus, the more attention he gave to that. And he saw, man, these guys are living large. Oh, you know what? His church is bigger than my church. His, his class is bigger than my class. You know, his, his sphere of influence is larger than mine. His ministry is always being mentioned, but not mine. Lord, I'm righteous. I'm upright. I've got a pure heart. I got a pure tongue. I ain't like that Isaiah. Isaiah blue blood. And he said he was a man of unclean lips. My lips are pure. And they seem to be blessed. Huh, God, is this, is this right? I'm grieved. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And you know what? If it's recorded here in the Bible, it must mean, Brother Davis, it's a genuine feeling. Because remember, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. If it's in the Bible, it's the owner's manual that says, hey, these are some of the obstacles that you will run into. And these are some of the feelings that you can have. And you are free to express them. Because you're going to get into a perspective. You're going to be in a position sometime that your sight and your senses will fool you. Y'all don't hear me this morning. This, this is Father's Day. You, you, you've got to know who your Heavenly Father is. You've got to know him and you've got to know the experiences that you're going to have with him. Everything you think you know about your father may not be what you experience with your father. And here he's saying, I should be prospering. I should have money. I, have, I should have ends running out my ear because others who are seemingly doing less, they're certainly less righteous. They are being blessed. Verse 16 says, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. When I thought about this, Davis, how honest can you be? Can, can we honestly talk in all of our relationships like this? Because, you know, uh, we're celebrating uh, Minister uh, uh, Minister Harmon and Deacon Harmon's uh, uh, anniversary uh, today. And uh, of course, it's coming up on the 21st, but we celebrate, we've given them that celebratory salute. But it's about ministry. It, it's about ministry. And, and I tell you, as uh, the deacons that are on this uh, call, they will tell you, 
that 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 God will show you uh, 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 what what ministry is. Yeah, you've been called to minister to the congregation at resurrection, but you're married, and that's a ministry. And in that ministry, you you have an education about it. You you know them, but you have some experiences too. And those experiences have to be everything ain't, ain't lovely. You know, you you were you were dad of the year last year. But but this year, the mother bombs who ain't ever won dad of the year, they're being celebrated and saluted. Lord, this ain't right. This hurts me. That's what he's saying. Oh, oh okay. I did mention marriage, didn't I? You're doing ministry. And you're out there. And you're working hard for the Lord. And now you're disabled. Or your spouse is disabled. And that ministry has to shift from the congregation to the spouse. And it has with deacons in our ministry. That becomes ministry. And I tell you what, you got some marvelous examples in the deacon's ministry of how to minister to a spouse. Because there will come a time, but you will wonder, oh man, large in charge, you know, this guy, greatest deacon in the world. And now you got to change your focus from congregation to wife or spouse. Then you say, Lord, is this right? Is this really fair? I'm doing this for you and your people. Is this really fair? Huh? Verse 17 says. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. See, when you get in your lowest uh, point of confusion and despair, Asaph says, go to church. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's, that's part of the problem. Maybe we've been cooped up so long, you know, and not uh, 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 gathering with the saints, not, not going there. Because, you know, many folk, if you'd ask them prior to COVID, you know, why, why do you go to church? Why, why do you? You'd hear stuff like, oh, well, I go to church just to maintain my sanity. I, 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 I go to church to get refueled. I, I go to church to, to, to uh, grasp a new and more vibrant uh, commitment. They would tell you all this. And Asaph seems to be saying the same thing, Sister Thompson. He's saying, I told the Lord, this ain't fair. I'm, I, God, this is not fair. He says, but then I went to church. Oh, oh, that'll bless that. Oh, we should all be out here boogie booging there today because we've all had some some trying and tough uh, uh, news uh, this week of uh, some sort. You know, we, we should look uh, with great anticipation of going in there and worshiping with the uh, uh, fellow saint because Asaph says something happened. He says, I had a perspective that was totally distorted. But when I went into the sanctuary, something happened. Verse 18, Sister Quinn. 
Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou casted them down in into destruction. See, my, first of all, my perspective changed when I went to worship about the people that were foolish and lost out there. When, 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 see, from when I was out there and lamenting in my misery, uh, Davis, I thought that the people who would get large and in charge and, and, and prospering financially and health-wise, I, I, I thought they were really, you know, they had an advantage. But when I went in and I worshiped God, I realized the destruction that was intended for those that were foolish and unwise and unrighteous. You don't ever compare yourself with the lost of the world. You're not to compare. You are to evangelize them. Know their state. And he says, when I went into worship, when I went in to congregate with other saints, I realized how lost the world was. And I realized how blessed I was. In other words, whenever you get in that rut, adjust your perspective. And the only way to adjust your perspective is to go to God and go to him and worship. Oh, I, I, I'm teaching this this morning. And this will help you in your ministry, your marriage, your relationship, all of that. It simply says where you stand depends on where your perspective is. And where you stand is where you need to stand always. And where he stood in verse one, uh, Sister Davis, was God is good. If God is good, that means he's good to me. <laughs> you need to keep that perspective. But he, told, he goes on to say, don't be no super Christian. Don't, don't be thinking that, you know, you, you know, you got a halo. As Pastor Brown used to describe it, you come to church with your halo on. You know, y'all used to wear hats to church and now you wear halos to church. But, 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 but you know, don't, don't come and thinking that, you know, because you know God that you want to experience some of uh, life's rejections. You'll start comparing and competing yourself, but you're comparing with the wrong thing. You should always look to Christ as your measurement because that's where you can be found. That's where you should always stand. That's where your perspective should always be. And he says, I'm not the one on a slippery slope. I, I'm not the one that's on my way to hell. It's those folk out there that I think that are prospering. You know, if most folk knew um, how few large churches there are in the world, you'd be shocked because you think there's a lot of them now, but comparatively, no. Matter of fact, the average congregation size of most churches, years ago, it's been a while since I looked at it, was only 23. So all those folk with those, you know, 23 members, all the, think about those pastors, or, or you know, they don't even call, uh, 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 what they have to do, instead of paying their minister music, they just give them a title, minister of music, instead of piano player. <laughs> you see, think about those guys saying, oh, they must be doing well, God is, but nah. 
It has nothing to do with prosperity. And if you get on the wrong side of perspective, you'll see other folk doing things that you think you should be doing. But everything gold, everything glitter doesn't go, isn't gold. And every goodbye ain't gone. Because God sees everything. And when you go into worship, you open yourself up to God to change your perspective. And then, like, just like I said, once you see who God really is, you know what you are not. And Asaph sees that he's not on a path of destruction. But all those folk who got the long bucks are, because they're totally unrighteous. And it's not because they have money that they're on the path of, it's because they're unrighteous. Verse 21. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. When I worship, I realize what my perspective should be. I realize what I saw and what I sensed didn't really make sense. And I realized that nothing in my mind could ever justify the feelings that I just expressed. It, it, it couldn't justify. Doesn't mean that it didn't happen. He says, but when I worshiped, I got the right perspective. He says, it convicted me. It pricked me. In my very soul, those rings there, you know, uh, the more literal translation is really kidneys or inner parts, but you know, today the, the, the language is more, it would be attributed to soul. In my soul, I realized I was convicted that my sight was wrong and my senses was wrong. The very folk that I was calling foolish, I was being just as foolish because I didn't stand in the proper perspective. But once that perspective was adjusted, I now see what the Lord is. And he is, as I stated in verse one, he's good. Verse 22 and 23, uh, Sister Gwen. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. <laughs> Somebody ought to laugh and shout. Because he says, I'm a fool. <laughs> Do you realize how honest you have to be to call yourself a fool? Wait a minute, I thought you knew God. I, I thought your understanding was clear. What Asaph is trying to show us is that on this journey, there be days when you will take a foolish perspective. You will talk, you, you know God, but you will lose sight of God. You will be just like that blind man running into an elephant. 
you won't know who he is. He says, but, but, but you know what? There's hope for you. There's hope for the blind. I can now say after worship, I once was blind. He, he, he could say, I once was foolish. Y'all, y'all don't hear me? He says, and it's all because of an adjusted perspective. All because I now see God. I know God, I see God, and I sense God for who he really is. And I'm the fool. He says, I was like a wild beast which no man could contain. I was so envious of the world and all their prosperity. I forgot how good God is. I, I was like a, 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 a crazy, a crazed animal, a wild animal. He says, then he says, but nevertheless, I am contended with thee. Thou hast holden my right hand. Here's what he said, Davis. After all you've heard me say, after all you've heard me lament, I'm telling you, God is still good. I held his hand and he held mine. I held his hand, and the more important thing is, he held mine. Tough days in ministry. Tough days in relationship. Tough days in life. But God held my hand. It's like that song that we used to sing in church, I almost let go. You ain't got to worry about it. You may have let go, almost let go. But God, he's comforted by the fact that God held your hand and he will see you through this season, through this journey. Asaph says, he held my hand. Verses 23 and 26, so we can go. Uh, 20, uh, yes, 24 through 26, I'm sorry. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. <laughs> and everybody, I see the smiles on your face. Terry was wiping her forehead. Woof, I'm glad we through this. This is tough. You know, I ain't old enough to have gone through all this. Keep on living. Because Asaph says, whether you're young or old and you go through this, he says, remember one thing. Know that God is good. Lament your perspective. But then worship and understand that you need to adjust your perspective. And he says, but most of all, finally there in verses 24, he says, let God be your counsel. Everybody wants to run to another deacon. Everybody wants to run to another usher member. Everybody wants to run to another pastor for that initial but, but the person that you should seek counsel from first is God. You know why? Because God will not only guide you in the way that you would go because he's the one that called you, he will guard you. 
some some folk can guide you, but they can't guard you. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. God is right there. Through everything you're going through, God is right there. And in his myth, the things that you are going through is meant to give God glory. Because that's how you, if that's how you give God glory. Are you the faithful servant? Are you the one who's been called and who's willing to stay the journey, to endure uh, the course, no matter what? He says, whom I have I in heaven to be, uh, uh, be thee. And there is none upon earth that I desire but thee. What Asaph is saying, despite the things that I've said, I realized I had to adjust my perspective. And once I adjusted, I realized that in heaven and in earth, God is all I got. That's it. God is all I got. He called me. He equips me. He will help me endure the journey. And no one else has that responsibility in heaven or in earth. He remembered that God is good. He acknowledged that he had had the wrong perspective. But then he shouted at the fact that God is a continuing help in our time of trouble. And for those of you that are older, we'll put it that way. You're not, you're not old, you're just older, older than some of us, you know, like Deacon Harmon, you know, and uh, Ram Calvin, James Davis, you know, they, they're a little bit older. But he says, this is for you. This is for you. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God is my strength. Of is, is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What it's saying is that no matter how old you get, no matter how long the journey seems, God is the source of your strength. Even in failing health, you're not to be cast aside. There's no rocking chair for you. You've been called to ministry. You can do something. You may not be able to do what you used to do, but you can do something. Because God is the source of your strength. And he is the heart for all that you'll need to do.